mildly entertaining, somewhat obscure guests, relatively interesting topics, semi-professional production quality, reasonably well-informed commentary, a great value for the money, hundreds of fans all around the world. It's the Starting Strength Gyms podcast with your host, Ray Gillenwater. Okay, I've got Luke on the podcast today. I wanted to talk to Luke for a while. Luke Schroeder is the new president of, of Starting Strength Gym. So he is my succession plan. The succession plan has been enacted. He runs the company. Um, man, I'm really glad to have you. I've got a lot I want to talk to you about. I think a few people will find this interesting. Um, a bunch won't, but that's all right. We're not talking to them. Maybe maybe just you and I. Yeah, yeah. which is perfectly okay. Um <laughs> But the, the, the thing I wanted to start off with, Luke, was um, I want to get your perspective on what the hell it is we're doing and what, what this is all about and why you mm-hmm. care about it so much that not only did you put yourself through the program, but you invested a couple hundred grand to open a gym, you plan on opening additional gyms, and you just quit your job to take my job and to run this company. Yeah. Um, cause I, I, I see this thing from my perspective. I mean, it's been blindingly obvious to me since before the company existed that we had to find a way to fulfill the demand for starting strength sim- more simply. And, uh, we had to find a way to make this accessible to the general public because it's so valuable. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know how else to ask the question other than it's, it's, it's a pretty broad one. Um, what do you think, man? What, what is your... So why, why did you do all this? What's your take on it? Why is it important? Just anything you want to talk about, I'd love to hear. Oh, yeah, sure. So um, you, you left a lot of space to really go wherever everyone to take the conversation. So, you know, so thanks now, for having me, Ray. Now that you're the president of a company, let me give you your, your PR training. In PR training, they teach you when somebody asks you a question, especially if it's the press, you don't have to answer the question. It's just an opportunity to speak. <laughs> talk <laughs> so, about whatever you want to talk about. If right? you're ever wondering why politicians yeah. never answer questions, that's the reason why. But it uh, takes some getting used to, yeah. Yeah. I um I well, so I guess I can start with why I was drawn to opening a gym. I think that that was my introduction to the starting strength gyms team, uh, to this community. I I found starting strength a couple of years ago just as I was, you know, fooling around with my own uh my own training, I guess you really couldn't even call it training what I was doing before, right? Just a lot of traditional bro workout stuff that you see in the gym. And uh, I had lost a lot of weight. I used to be a pretty, pretty big dude, like 240, 250, um, you know, well marbled 250. And <laughs> I lost a lot of weight, did some, you know, found diet and, and clean, clean those things up and, and got, um, you know, at the age of 32, like back down to what I graduated high school at, I was about 157 pounds. At six, what? I'm I'm five eleven. Okay, five eleven and three quarters, maybe flirting with six feet. And it's, it's um, your vertical that throws me off. You jump too high for it, a dude that's under. Yeah, six it certainly feet. does. Yeah. It's easy, easier to jump a heck of a lot higher when you weigh up when you're you know undersized by about 60 pounds. So, <laughs> but uh, so I I. I was thin, right? But I wasn't very strong. And so I found starting strength as I started to look at just what was the most effective way to build strength. And it had a it had a really huge impact on me uh, and my development. And I was sold on it after, you know, just a few short months of seeing all the progress that I made and how much better I felt. I had never really squatted 
you know, traditionally as a part of my programming or anything that I was doing in the gym. And I immediately noticed, you know, after a few months, how much better my knees felt, how much better my, my lower back felt. Um, and so, yeah, I was sold. And, and as I kind of tipped over, uh, the 40, the 40 year old Mark, um, I started to get really interested in starting my own business. I wanted to go build something on my own. I, I spent my entire life in, in corporate uh, positions, various different leadership positions in manufacturing. And um, I just kind of started to recognize I was working for a whole lot of other people's dreams and, and not my own. So uh, I wanted to do something I was passionate about. I wanted to do something that would help people. And, um, you know, I wanted to do something that that would provide me with a lot of autonomy and, and give me the opportunity to do some of the things that I love, which are interacting with people, building teams, building community, uh, all the things I think that, you know, I did, I did well in my, uh, my previous positions in, in manufacturing. So when I found starting strength gyms, um, it was, you know, it was a pretty quick decision for me, pretty easy. Uh, it was, um, exactly what I was looking for. Uh, a wonderful opportunity to to really make an impact on people's lives um, at all walks of life, young and old. And I could do it with really awesome people. I think I align very, very well with um, the philosophy and the beliefs and the culture, starting strength gyms. Uh, that was more and more apparent to me is the the more you and I spoke and the more I interacted with the other owners. So it it was really a no brainer, right? I think You'll probably remember this. I mean, from the time I, I reached out to you, I think on the uh, on the forum, to the time I signed a franchise agreement was pretty quick. It's fast. Uh, yeah, you it was pretty fast. Around. Yeah, so I, I knew this is what I wanted to do, and and um, and everything that I've seen from my interactions with the with the team and up up to the point of launching my own gym just has been nothing but, you know, a. Uh, um, has shown me that I made the absolute right decision. Mm. So it's done nothing but validate, you know, the, the, these decisions. So um, the the more that I worked with this team and the more that I interacted with people in the gym and I started to see the stories for our members that were coming out uh, of our gym, I really got passionate about wanting to do this on a broader scale if I could. Uh, opening more gyms, trying to impact uh, a, a broader range of people and then at that point, you know, you and I started talking about opportunities to come on and help the franchise team. And, uh, and yeah, I, I jumped at that too. I, you know, I, as I worked with you, as I worked with everybody else on this team, it's an incredible team. And it's all people that, that care really deeply about what we do. Um, and like you heard me say before, it's, it's amazing. You're surrounded by people that actually want to be doing what they're doing. They, they don't want to be doing anything else, um, which, is, which is rare. You know, that doesn't exist a lot. And of all the things that people do day in and day out to provide for themselves, provide for their families or that they do for work, rarely ever are you just surrounded by people that would rather not, you know, they're, they're exactly where they want to be, right? And um, I'm doing exactly what they want to be doing. So yeah, this this has been fantastic. And and when you ask what we're doing with these gyms, I, it, it's, it's, it's not hyperbolic because I mean, we're changing the, we're radically altering the, the expectations that people have of the fitness industry, it, you know, and, and in no small, in no small way. And I hear it from our members at starting strength Cincinnati every day, right? Nobody else is doing this, right? Nobody else has been able to provide us with 
um, you know, provide me with with the uh, the impact and the support and the measurable results that people get in our gyms. So, um, you know, we're we are eventually at some point, I think, going to reach a tipping point where where this this is going to get so big and we're going to touch so many people that um, you know we'll we'll probably see copycats, we'll probably see imitators, but nobody can really imitate the foundational. Uh, underpinnings of what makes this so successful. And that's the source material, everything that Rip and Steph built with the Asgard company and the starting strength coaching credential. Yep. So, but yeah, I, we're, we're radically changing the face of the fitness industry, I think is no, in, in no small way. I think you're right. It just feels so weird to hear that. Um, Cause I have these delusions of grandeur in my own head and they're only delusions of grandeur until they become real. Right. Um, mm -hmm. before this company started, it was just, uh, an idea. And then after that, it was just a bunch of slides on a PowerPoint. Um, yep. and now if you just sold our 36th gym and mm -hmm. we've got 17 or 18 open at the moment, I think um, we, uh, 17 we've, uh, Tampa will open here, I think early 2023. And then yeah. there'll be a slew right after that. Yeah. Just one a month for several months. Um, yep. I think we are changing the fitness industry. Um, I want to look back at this podcast in a couple years and five years and 10 years in, at this particular episode. And, uh, hopefully we look back at it and we're like, man, remember when we only had 16 gyms and this thing was brand new <laughs> yeah. and Luke was just yeah. taking the helm, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, by the way, man, not to make you uncomfortable by, by complimenting you publicly or anything, but, uh, <laughs> when, when you came up and spoke in front of the group, at, and by the way, if you guys watching this or listening to this want to want to see what, what Luke had to said to say rather at the uh, Starting Strength Gyms conference this past September, just check out check out a, a, a YouTube video or a podcast called Ray's presentation from the Starting Strength Gyms conference. Um, yeah, when you came up and, and spoke at the end of of my update, I was like, this is the guy. He fucking nailed it. <laughs> so just so everyone knows. I, I've told the story on a podcast. I'm not sure if it's been released yet or not, but I've told the story on a podcast about how, uh, yeah, when you when you and I hung out for for a while for the first time, it was at the retreat, and um, I think you referred to a very shirtless and red faced Brent Carter was there. Um, yeah, yeah. A bunch, bunch of us hanging out in the in the hot tub that's, talking. That's my favorite version of Brent Carter. I, <laughs> I mean, think, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, everyone's, you know, drinking, having a good time. And you and I are sitting there talking about operations, um, mm. you know, at like 11 or 12, fuck, maybe one, who knows what it was. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, man, interesting. This guy, this guy, this guy has some legitimate um, operational expertise. And then mm. I had the idea at the back of my mind that you might be the guy. That idea solidified over time. I then tested you by having you take over franchise sales, which, I mean, if we don't sell franchises, we have no business. That's the difficult part about this model. It's a multi-tiered model. Not only we, yeah. not only do we have to sell the franchise, but then the franchisee has to fill the gym and also get coaches. So there's like three different aspects of marketing and demand mm -hmm. fulfillment. Um, so you took that on great. And I, I also think that... Uh, that your your delivery, your communication style, I, th I think mine's pretty good. It's it's I've been doing this a long time, 
Um, but I think yours is slightly more polished and, and I hate the word, but a little more professional. I tend to speak my mind maybe more than I should. And I think yours is just a little more measured. And I noticed that in your interactions with, uh, with our prospects. Plus it's always tough when it's the founder of the company talking to prospects, you know, and, and especially sure. a softy like me, like I'm always tempted to do special deals for people and make exceptions. And that's, you cannot run a franchise like that. Like a franchise has to be totally systematic and consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you joined and, uh, you know, it took you longer than I wanted it to take you, but I understand you had the golden handcuffs at the corporate job. Um, mm -hmm. and then it was, it was go time and it was go time right when I was about to start making some big investments in the company and right after we hit cash flow positive. So, so like a legitimate inflection point, a really crucial part of our development. And the reality is until you're, you're crushing it, every point of development is crucial. Um, sure. And then you, and then you came on and, and then Jen leaves. So for, for, so this may not be public. This may be the first time we're talking about it publicly, but Jen Gillenwater, my sister, uh, has taken a break. Don't know how long it's going to be, but, um, yeah. uh, you, it is impossible to sprint for the length of a marathon and Jen only has one speed. <laughs> so, so she, and she will not stop. She will not stop unless she physically cannot go any further. So we, uh, we saved Jen from herself to an extent and had her take a break. And then, um, I was like, okay, well, uh, I made a decision based on a bunch of analysis. You know, my job is basically picking talent, understanding what, how people operate and what motivates them, what their capability are. I've made this decision. Um, Luke is the guy. It's either real or it's not. So if it's real, then it's it's your it's your deal. It's your decision. It's your you your move, right? So Jen's leaving. She's a she's a key. She is the key component of the leadership team. Um, she's she's she does the work of three people. Um, this is a this is a big deal for us because we're still new, but this is standard in running a business. This is, mm -hmm. it's almost crisis, man. Like I said to you in a text, it's almost crisis management to an extent. It's like mm -hmm. you leave, you, you yep. lose a key leader and then what happens? And mind you, the part of the way, part of the reason why I have confidence in you and I'm giving you all this trust is because you were the only franchise owner that actually like created a project plan and sent weekly updates. I mean, you are on the ball, man. <laughs> so yeah, Jen lost her mind over that. That yeah. was right up her like, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we knew you had capability. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I, I am acutely aware of the, uh, the problems that exist when a owner, founder, whatever you want to call it, hires a president. Um, and I'm acutely aware of, even if it's not the owner, founder in corporate land, if an executive hires a, a successor and then they're working the same job, um, or, if, or if an executive hires a department head that the, the, the person used to manage closely themselves, there's a whole bunch of problems that can result from that, right? One of the problems is that uh, that I don't let go. You know, the, I tell you I trust you, but I'm still making decisions. I'm still having conversations behind the scenes, and I'm and I'm directing you instead of enabling you. Um, mm. And that that would be understood, right? Because this is this is my baby. This is my livelihood. I've bet everything on this. My family's future depends on this. Um, this is my this is my thing. This this company, I believe, will be the defining uh, accomplishment of my career. Um, and then I, I just let go and I just, I gave you the reins cause that's the way it's gotta be. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm 
thinking about all the things that, that you, that I'd be worried about if I were in your shoes, we talked about some of these things and then fast forward, has it been three weeks yet or two and a half weeks? Uh, since Jen stepped yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. I think probably right around three weeks. So, so fast forward three weeks later and nothing's on fire. <laughs> so it's like, um, yeah, man, the, the, um, I should, I should state publicly that I'm making you a shareholder of the company because, um, you tick all the boxes you've, you have the passion for this. You've demonstrated the commitment. You've demonstrated your ability to execute with your gym. You've also demonstrated the ability to execute at the franchise company by taking this thing over, um, a lot of complexity, a lot of relationships, a lot of detail, and you've just kind of managed it all with grace, man. So, um, I hate to, to do a 10 minute, you know, long winded diatribe about why I'm a fan of yours, sure. but, um, uh, dude, no, another well, 10 minutes well, would be perfectly fine. Right? You can, <laughs> keep going. Keep going. But first yeah. of all, first of all, well done. Um, secondly, uh, thank you. And thirdly, I'm really glad you're here because I believe that, um, this company has unbelievable potential. And mm -hmm. I think that the smartest thing that a founder can do is to be as objective with himself as possible about what is it in what areas could I be better? And is it better for the company if I get better in those areas and invest the time and money? Or is it better if I just hire somebody to take it over? Um, yeah. And you, you no doubt have better operational skill than I have. Um, and the, the, the major part though, because I always talk about this in hiring, the major difference between you and me is the, is the will. Because there's the skill and there's the will, right? Um, when it comes to what I want to do every day, I don't, I don't like to be an operator. I don't like to manage the day to day. And, and when you and I first started talking about this role, you could tell, and you knew that, and you're asking me questions about that. And, um, you know, I like to create, I like to build things. Um, so man, this is, this is a great setup. You're running the day-to-day -day operations and I'm, I'm building the things that need to be built to bring us to the next step so that we can grow and be ready for the next phase of growth when it hits us. Because as we've just discovered, these waves of growth hit suddenly. And if you're not prepared, um, it's going to be a tough, tough ride. So mm -hmm. yeah. th that was, that was a whole bunch of rambling about, about why I'm <laughs> glad you're here in the, in the background, but I, yeah. whatever you want to react to that, I'd love to hear it. No, sure. Well, you, next time I see you, you can hug me too. That, so <laughs> I, I should have ended. I think I hugged you on day one. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. Um, so I, a couple of things. One, obviously, you know, Jen, Jen has such high standards that, uh, and she cares so much about the success of these gyms and the success of the owners that if something's not going to get done to a high standard, she's just going to take it on and do it herself. Mm -hmm. Right. And early on in a, in a young company's growth curve, you, that's, you can manage that. With 17 open gyms and and 16 more coming in the very near future, that that's not a, a you know that's not a model that works. You gotta so, but I will tell you a, a a large degree of you know why the last couple of weeks have have been managed pretty well is because of the groundwork and the foundation that people like Jen and yourself and Nick and Ben and everybody else on this team has put into building you know the structure that we're relying on now that now we're just refining. And, and we're just putting, you know, a little bit more uh, structure around uh, that foundation that you guys have built. So, um, you know, the, 
the you know the other aspect I think that that kind of hit me what you're talking about is you know there's some there's there's people that have strengths and weaknesses uh, everybody does um, you know and, and I, I love operations I love solving problems I love making things better uh, and in, and improving them and and uh, and watching the results of of how a system or a process operates uh, after you've had the chance to to work and to fine tune it and adjust it. Same thing with teams and helping support teams and watching people be successful. Um, what I'm not great at is marketing. I think we we marketing and, and uh, uh, you know, but that's an enormous strength of yours. And so one of the things I, I think is really exciting about me coming on board is giving people like you the opportunity to do things that you're really passionate about and that you're great at. And we've had this huge opportunity over the course of the last several years to 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 really hone in on telling the stories of our members to people. Um, everybody expects me as a business owner at Starting Strength Cincinnati to tell them why my gym is is the best best gym in the area. They expect that out of me. But what's a heck of a lot more powerful is when they hear a member at the gym talk about the impact that it's had on their lives and what it's done for them and what it's done for for their family. So what I'm most excited about, not not just my role, but how it frees up you and your team within the, the the marketing and storytelling department to be able to focus more on that. And if you look at the the stories that have been coming out the last couple of weeks, I think it's a testament to um, to, to just how how much how much improved you know that our storytelling is becoming with you being able to focus on that a heck of a lot more. So I'm excited about that too, about sharing what's going on in these gyms and to a, a broader number of people. Um, and and telling more stories about our members that we're kind of spoiled as, as owners and franchise members. We see it every day and it almost becomes wallpaper, mm. right? It's just, you walk into Starting Strength Cincinnati, it's, uh, you know, Merce, for example, who's 96 years old, that she just turned 96, who trains in our gym. She pulled 90 pounds the other day, right? At, at 96 years old. I, I went back and I looked her first her first session with us. I think she she rack pulled eleven pounds. Right? She rack pulled how much so this past a, session? A ninety six year old bit. woman. Ninety ninety yeah, pounds. Gotcha. Yep. Um, up up from eleven for her first session with us. So, but I see Merce every week, right? And so you you just you almost get used to seeing that stuff going on in the gym, but it's profound. It's it's just it's profound. And I'm excited about about getting the opportunity for more people to see what's going on inside these gyms. Yep. yep, excellent. Well, the one of the first things that I did when you became the hotline, when we made the announcement and everybody knew that, hey, Luke's the guy, you need something, please ask Luke, um, is the moment that for the first time in about four years, I wasn't on what felt like um, some sort of an on-call shift that never ended. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, yeah. And everything seems urgent in the beginning, right? So you're just kind of like jumping from thing to thing. But the first thing I did was uh, I went and did a full day video shoot. Um, yeah. And I and I kept my phone off for most of it. So um, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. cool to uh, it's gonna be cool to get through this year, have my daughter in January, um, figure out how life's gonna work with a kid in tow now, and then create a brand new schedule for 2023, surrounded mm-hmm. by. Um, storytelling and just just figuring out how do we best um, communicate this to the world um, how do we improve what we're doing already what are our major problems we need to solve what are our biggest opportunities 
Um, so this, this all ended up working out perfectly. And, uh, mm -hmm. the older I get, the more that I plan, the more I'm around exceptional people, the more I feel like that that's almost always the case. Things just tend to work out exactly the way they should, even if along the way it's, it's real uncertain and bumpy, which this was to mm -hmm. say the least. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's certainly at this point though, with 17 gyms, um, and, you know, so many more coming down the pipe. I think the momentum that's building right now for this brand is, I, I don't, you, you say you want to look back at this video in a couple of years. I think we're going to be really shocked. Yeah. Right. At, yeah. At, at what we're going to, what you have built, what it is going to turn into uh, in a couple of years. And, um, you know, most especially as, as more and more people find out that real real productive strength training is the single most important thing that they can do for their health. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I think that, that there's such a, a misconception that you just need to do something. Right. Right. And, and that's what most of the fitness industry is built around because mm -hmm. yep. they know that they can just convince you to do something. So it's really about finding a gimmick or finding a, uh, a ploy or, or some kind of, you know, sales pitch or entertainment. Angle. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, but I, I think that we're slowly getting people to wake up and realize that that strength above everything and everything else is the single most critical factor to living a fulfilling life. Yeah. And it's a, it's a physiological 401k. So it's never too late to start investing into it. But the sooner you start doing that, the more, the better you're going to be, uh, when it's time to start making withdrawals and that, that for me, I think has been a, the, the most fun in this is educating people uh, around why strength is so important for them. Yep. And I think most people recognize it, they, but they don't, without having somebody vocalize it or talk them through it, they don't, they don't have the realization, right? I think they know it, but they don't, I'm not sure. I, they know it, but they don't really know it. If that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Um, Cause when you hear Ripito talk about it in the book, you're like, well, no, oh, well, no shit. That's the most obvious logical thing that's ever been said. Yeah. You're like, well, but then again, I didn't really internalize it that way. Cause if I had, my behavior would have been different. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 The second that we talk with our members a lot about, um, you know, in our gyms, you train on a schedule, right? And, and I've, I've, I've found that one of the reasons why a lot of people fail at this is because the schedule forces you to have to prioritize this. You have to plan around it. You have to schedule it appropriately. Well, everything that's important in your life, you you, you handle that same way with your family, your loved ones, your doctor's appointments, right? The, all those things are prioritized and scheduled. And the second that you realize this thing, that, that this, that strength training uh, needs to be treated the same way and that it's not optional, it's, it, it clicks for people. Yep. Right. And, and I see that with a lot of our members that have been with us for a year now, like this is not this is not optional for them. Yep. This is this is a requirement. It's a prerequisite for um, uh, fulfilled living, you know, and uh, keep going. Uh, I'm going to write that down. Prerequisite for yeah, fulfilled living. It, it most. Yeah, most certainly is. And and yeah, once you come to that realization, suddenly everything else lines up and um, you realize that you just you just got to get you just got to show up to the gym. We'll take care of the rest. But um, the consequences of not training far outweigh the consequences of anything that's going to happen as a result of, of, <laughs> of your training. 
Those were two pretty good taglines in a row, dude. You sure you don't want to switch jobs? I mean, I don't, but um, you may be able to do the marketing uh, stuff too. Consequences. By the time of, I go to put on training, a T-shirt, I'll mess it up. So. Consequences of not training far outweigh the, cons- the, the any consequence from from and, training. I, my, my head coach Adam puts it really well, right? Yeah, any any that, training um, cost. Let's call it. Correct. Time and money. Yeah. Adam, Adam, Adam states it really well. So I'll, I'll uh, steal it from him. And he has a he, smooth accent. He tells accent. our members, what's that? He's got a smooth accent too. Yeah, that West Virginia accent, man. It's like butter. <laughs> it's very charming. Uh, so, uh, you know, he's a great guy. He's great with our members. He's, su- you know, talk about a guy that's like incredibly passionate uh, about this as well. Um, you know, but he says, hey, you know, a consequence of movement, a, a strain, a tweak, uh, some soreness, those are consequences of movement, right? Well, the consequences of not moving are, are far, far worse, mm. right? Man, that's You're good. talking about Im- immobility, uh, entropy, all these things that are coming for us, yep. right? That we want to fight in our gyms. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I've seen that with our members, the ones that buy into that make radical changes to their lives. And I think more and more people are coming to the realization that this stuff is so important and it needs to needs to be prioritized as such. And it's so great that even for the most skeptical members that that you see immediately undeniable results in your daily life, especially if you if you are suffering the the downsides yeah. of well, are there upsides to entropy? You're suffering from the aging process and the entropy that goes mm-hmm. along with it. Um, you know, these people train for a few weeks and and they're seeing sometimes after the first couple workouts they're feeling better with uh, joint yeah. pain or what have you um and this isn't like one of those things where you know with vitamins you don't really get any feedback you kind of just got to believe you know like well you know yeah. logically it makes sense if i do it i'll keep doing it um with other exercise programs with diets a lot of times it's such a it's such a slow effect up front that you're not you're not bought in because you're not sure it's working, and then when it comes time to make that disciplined decision, you're more likely just to go ah fuck it, um, yeah. and then do do the thing that you promised you wouldn't do because you're not sure if it's worth the investment. But the the great thing about this and why we have, you know, legions of uh, of gray haired folks that make this their job basically, um, is because they whether they believe in it or not they do it and they they you cannot argue with how it's helped them day to day. Mm-hmm. And then they they organize their whole lives around it, and that's. I wanted to respond to a couple of your points. That was actually a pretty big risk in the early days we were designing this model because we're not an exercise gym, we're a training gym. Mm-hmm. To train, you have to be on a schedule. Being on a schedule means you've got to be at the gym at the same time three days a week. This is not mm-hmm. just a gym membership where you get to show up when it's convenient or you can just pick a class. You have a personal training mm-hmm. appointment. So the question was, will that work? Will people actually adhere to that rigid of a schedule? And the answer we found is that not only will it work, but it just so happens to be the way that these people that attend our gyms live their lives anyways, because that's why they're so successful, successful enough to afford our membership because they know how to plan, they know how to invest in the future, and they're willing to make a sacrifice now for a payoff later. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that's why our members are are such lovely people. I wanted to respond to a couple of other things you said too, which is, um, you mentioned the 401k metaphor. And when I interviewed Andy Barman, a member at the gym here locally and a, and a friend of mine, uh, he said that it's actually better than a 401k because with strength, 
you get to use it while you build it. And the like 401k that. just sits there and uh, to, yeah. to help you later when you might need it. So this is, this is mm -hmm. both. And I said, you're damn right. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, and then just a, just a quick anecdote to bounce around here back to the, uh, you know, having to do a, a, a rigid schedule thing. Ben's wife, Courtney, who lives across the street, whom, you know, who, who works on the team yep. works, works with you now. Um, she, I started coaching once a week at the Boise gym. Uh, so if you're in town, 2.45 on Thursday, swing by, except for Thanksgiving. Um, but this will go on after Thanksgiving. So so swing by 2.45 on Thursdays. Courtney, Courtney missed her first session. And then the second session, she said, um, she said like, oh, you know, I can't make it today. And I was like, so I called her. I was like, we can't make it. What do you mean? She's like, oh, I've got to get a passport photo. I was like, let me ask you a question. If, uh, if you had a passport, passport photo appointment... Um, that interfered with your night's sleep, what would you do? She was looking at me and giving me that look like you, you know, <laughs> I said, you'd reschedule the appointment. So um, <laughs> you, you need to start thinking about training as important as your nutrition um, and as your sleep. And it's easy to not do that when you're in your 20s, but um, for yeah. the reasons that you, that you perfectly articulated. Um, let's move on from this. I want to ask you a question about business. I, I, I really enjoy talking about business. I really enjoy the philosophy of business. I really enjoy business strategy. Um, most of what I talk about in this podcast is about lifting and about the kind of peripheral stuff. So this is kind of a fun opportunity for me to talk to another guy that, that enjoys business. Sure. Can, can, you, can you give me your honest assessment of this company? And you can answer that in any way that you want. I, but I would like to hear your most objective and, and share as much negative as you want. Keeping in mind, I can always edit it out. Um, sure. <laughs> uh, about what, what, how, how you view um, where we're at as a company in terms of our maturity, um, our sophistication, um, our precision, um, our completeness of materials, um, our, our team, um, our critical thinking capability, uh, things, the way we've prioritized things we've done, things we've decided specifically not to do. Um, if you have an impression or an opinion on any of that stuff, I would love to hear your point of view. No, sure. I, so at, at this point, I would say the company is um, probably a little bit ahead of where most young companies like this would be in terms of its maturation process. Um, early on, this company, uh, I think you you use a pretty good metaphor of just this storming analogy, right? Where um, you've got a couple of soldiers of fortune that have banded together to 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 build this thing from the ground up, and everybody's doing everything and pitching in um, to just get done what what needs to be done. And eventually, at some point, as the company grows, you've got to build some structure and and some processes around how to manage all these things that make a successful uh, company and and help franchise owners build successful businesses. And I think we're right at that stage right now where we're starting to hone, refine, and build some structure around, around all of these things. None of that works. None of it works. And this company is not where it is right now um, with over 1,100 members training in our gyms and uh, all, all these successful franchises, franchise uh, gyms that have been open now for a couple of years. None of that exists if it's not for the people that that were um, that were on this team and that made this happen. So uh, an organization, any organization is really only going to be as good as its people. And I think one of the things that I, I hands down 
um, have been most impressed by the the starting strength gyms team is the the quality of the people that are involved in this team and the focus on I would almost call it a selfishness in protecting and guarding that culture. So that extends for who we allow to to work on this this gyms team. Th- these need to be people that are absolutely and completely bought in on starting strength. Um, every single person on this gyms team is is passionate and devoted to to what starting strength represents uh, and to what it does. Um, and that extends then out to our franchise owners. So you know we've talked about this a lot. Um, but we tell a lot of people no uh, that are that are very interested in, in owning a gym. A lot of them in the financial position to pay cash to do it uh, out of pocket. But if, if it's not a good fit, you know, we're simply not going to do it. And so that the thing I've been most impressed is just the quality of the people in this community, the franchise team, the owners, uh, the coaches, everybody who's just incredibly passionate about about what we're doing. So. Um, that I think is it probably accelerated the growth of this business faster than the structure that was in place to support it. <laughs> um, if, if that makes sense. So the 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 business the the business and the success of these businesses grew faster than 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 the team could accommodate. And yeah, we're um, now we're playing we're playing catch up on that. Yeah, right. So it's a lot, um, which is which is great. Especially uh, again, self-funded, right? Because we're we're doing this all yes. with our own cash. Um, yes, absolutely. It's easy to have resources when the when the cash is flowing. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's been incredibly unique uh, experience for me, uh, um, you know, I've worked for really large, uh, you know, multi-billion-dollar uh, companies, and uh, and I've worked for a couple of smaller ones too. But th- this is the first company that I've worked with where I can legitimately. Or one, I, I just I, I love and like and care about all the people that I work with, but I can trust them implicitly. Mm. And and that that's been a unique uh, a unique experience for me. Yeah. There's no ulterior motive. There's no questioning a person's um, intent. Everybody's mm. motivated by doing the right thing. Everybody's motivated by wanting this to be successful and everybody's motivated by wanting to help as many people as we possibly can. Um, and that that's been uh, very, uh, I would say relieving, right. That's a, that's a, that's a stress and a burden that you, uh, in a corporate job, most times you carry around with you yeah. every day. Yeah. And it's been nice to unload that. Uh, man, that's, so, a, yeah, that's a great I, way to put it. Uh, p- please keep going. I've got some thoughts on that to share too. Yeah. I, and, and so where the company is at right now, I think it's, it's probably a little bit ahead of, of, um, uh, I think it's certainly far ahead of where anybody, nobody else could have done this. Um, you know, I, I think th- this team was uniquely, uh, un- uniquely built probably just for this, probably a bit of destiny uh, involved in that. Yeah. But, um, you know, and, and, and so, yeah, I, I think it's far ahead of where a small privately funded franchise company could ever expect to be at this point. And now as we look at, you know, in a couple of years, having 40, 50 gyms, 60 gyms in just another two years or so, maybe, um, you know, uh, it's a, it's going to be an exciting, radically, uh, another radical shift in growth mm. as we start to say, OK, how do you how do you shift and say we've got 17 gyms in network? How do you shift to managing 
60, 70, 80 gyms in network and continue to do really great things for our members and add value, right? Like uh, we just recently announced the, the nationwide uh, membership. So, if, you know, if you're a member at Starting Strength Cincinnati and you're traveling to, to Houston uh, for the holidays, you can train down at JD's gym as a, as a part of your membership with my gym. Um, and, you know, at no extra cost, we just added that benefit for members. So, you know, I'm excited about the things that we can do for folks when we've got, you know, 80 gyms in network. Yep. Um, and, and what are the things that starting strength gyms can do uh, to, to even reach more people in a real positive way? Yeah, let me level with you and uh, everyone listening. I should just totally be upfront and let you know that uh, I am just barely smart enough to be working with Delgadillo, Bradford, and Ripito. <laughs> Just barely. <laughs> so, just, um, and I'm not, I'm not you fucking can, you around. You can pass. Yeah. You can pass as uh, smart enough to be in the it, room, right? It's, it's the only group of people where I've ever felt that way before with. And I've, I'm talking about sitting in uh, boardrooms in multiple countries with uh, venture capitalists with funds of, you know, you know, ungodly amounts of money, uh, management consultants that make millions of dollars a year. Um, Rip, Steph, and Nick are very special people. Um, they, yeah, the the, and there's no there's no um, pretent, pretentiousness. It's just yeah. like simple, plain English brilliance. Uh, yeah. It's a it's a very special group of people. And so when I was building this team, um, the bare minimum standard is I can't bring on anyone that's going to embarrass me in front of Rip, Steph, and Nick. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good standard pretty good standard to operate um, by. and yeah. uh and then the the you know i i am good at finding people and and conveying a vision and getting them to work behind that vision but having the uh the power of the brand behind me where people were um uh were seeking this out already that 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 they have so much goodwill towards starting strength you know, like the CEO of Justin Boots, Greg Crouchley, I called him um, uh, for this pre-order just to figure out the mechanics. And he's just basically telling me he did this because he wants to thank Ripito because of, of how he helped this. Uh, he called himself like a, you know, a pot-bellied middle-aged man um, aged <laughs> slightly more gracefully than he would have or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, 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 it doesn't make a difference to his bottom line at the boot company. Mm -hmm. Right, it's a private private equity back yeah. company. He just, thanks, Rip. So yeah, it's a it's a special group of people for sure, and I, I think you're right about that. And I hadn't I've been away from corporate land for so long. It's been over ten years now. I forgot about what it feels like to be surrounded by p political snakes, basically, mm -hmm. and some intentional because they have you know they're Machiavellian or whatever, but others just because um, you know we're all people and people have weird ways of dealing with conflict and weird egos and all this yep. other shit. Yep. Um. We're all weird in our own way, but we're all weird in a similar way. So we get along pretty well. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, the, the really cool thing about this community, even from the members um, and the people that follow it is there's a, uh, there's a magnetism, I guess, right? That it just attracts like-minded folks yeah. to this community. Um, and, you know, that was, that was very important to me. It was why I was drawn to this team you know, 2020 taught me 
how important it is to surround yourself with with people that see the world the way that you do with with people that share the same values um and 2021 taught me that's incredibly rare yeah right yep so uh when you find it um hold on to it and there's more and more people that find this community and and i think are are drawn to it because they're surprised that there's a group of people out there that you know believe in you know a lot of the same principles that we cherish and doing hard things and self-reliance and uh, being of service to others you know and um and and working hard it's just it's when they find this community you almost it, it you're you know you're kind of found your home and yep. you know pretty quickly yeah uh so yeah that, that it's a good fit yeah it does make a big difference to be around people you want to be around it sounds it sounds yeah. really it sounds really stupid it sounds really simple but um i wonder what percentage of people listening to this get to spend their time um mostly with people that they like to be around it's kind Very of an few. interesting thought you know um pro probably less than you'd think and that's that's pretty invaluable because um luke's not making a whole lot of money here guys <laughs> We don't have a whole lot of money. Um, so there's, there's, uh, there's gotta be something bigger at play. And, um, and yeah, it is, it is really nice to be around people that want to do the right thing that work their ass off and are really bright. And if they don't have a wealth of experience in the thing that they're already applying their talent towards, they can learn pretty quickly. And we mm -hmm. basically had all people like that on this team as we as we built it. So um, I, I do know some people that own franchise companies, and I uh, I can tell you our technology is just light years beyond theirs. Light years beyond mm -hmm. theirs. Our build out standards are um, some of these guys with more money have really good training. Um, we we need to uh, we just hired a, a person. Well, it's Courtney actually. Courtney came from St. Luke's a hospital chain here locally, hired, doing training for them. So now she's going to improve our training stuff here. And then you mentioned just uh, you know reinvesting and 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 um, improving things as you go, and I wanted to to let you know that one of the things that I would like to see is the gyms conference become a really special um, remember for the rest of your life type of event. I want yeah. I want the starting strength coach to not only be like. It's almost people don't even consider them as part of the fitness industry because they're they're so they've separated themselves so far by being so much better. Firstly, mm -hmm. secondly, they make by far the most amount of money in the fitness industry, and they're on par with other professional services industries like engineering, for example. Thirdly, they love their job, and they don't have to to deal with bullshit. They can just focus on their technical skill. And then lastly, that, that every year they come together and they have, um, they have an awesome time and they learn great stuff and they meet amazing people and they remember why they're doing this and they remember why that this is the best thing that they could possibly be doing and they become reinvigorated to continue to do it for years to come. So yeah, that's, I want to, I want to invest in that as well. Um, but moving to the next thing I wanted to ask you, man. Feel free to punt this one if you're not if you're not ready yet because you're, I mean you're hardly you're not even two months into the job so, um, <laughs> sure. but I, but I would like to know what your vision is and just to just to give you a second to think I'll give you some um, I'll give you some context about what I mean so I don't mean like anything fluffy or grandiose necessarily I just mean like if you're like me um, I 
I can picture something in my mind in the future and then I can build mm-hmm. towards that. And I can do that in my personal life. I can do that in business. I can do that in my training. Um, when I had this company, I, I built that picture and I laid it out for everyone else to see so I could rally everyone behind it. Um, I have I have a vision as to where this company could go uh, in that I could see a couple of different outcomes, but I don't have a firm vision for where things are gonna be in five years, for example. Um, and maybe that's just because I am the guy that creates things and not the guy that, that you know, manages them and grows them in life through to maturity. But um, I'm just curious being in the position that you're in and having the experience that you have if you, if you have a vision yet for this. Yeah, I, so from a very high level, um, you know, I, I, I have a vision for how our starting strength gyms network, our network of gyms, begins to integrate and build relationships with all these other aspects of, I guess you could call it, that support optimal human performance. So um, we're starting to see that with, you know, we have a, a, a really great relationship with Whitmer Rejuvenation Clinics, right? So we know that modern living is not, um, aside from all the other trappings that modern living has for strength development and entropy and, um, and accelerated aging, it's terrible for hormone levels, right? The things that we're exposed to uh, now that we, we didn't used to be exposed to, um, you know, the foods that we eat, all these things are not great for hormone levels. So to be able to integrate a partner who can help solve that issue that keeps people and supports their training and, and, keep, and, and, and helps them to continue to, to get stronger and, and maintain optimal health. I think there's a huge opportunity as this brand grows to continue to build relationships like that. Physical therapy is a huge one. Um, and I'm a little bit spoiled because I have a, a member on my team as an apprentice is Chris Reese, who you've talked to. Um, on your podcast. And, you know, Chris is really, um, really drawn to this, this notion of, of, you know, training being a, a continuum. That it's not, you know, I train until I have some type of an injury or a setback, and then I go to physical therapy, so that I can get back to training. I think, you know, as we start to integrate in uh, what we do in the gyms, to how that helps everybody at any point in time during their um, their physical development. If they have setbacks, if they have back tweaks, if they have injuries, how training is actually the optimal way that's gonna help them accelerate uh, their recovery. So I could see us in the future integrating with uh, some type of an offering or some type of relationship with a, a nationwide you know, physical therapy service. Um, I have I have doctors now referring people to my gym because they recognize the value that strength training has um, on overall health and on mental health and mental stability. So I think in the next five or six years, as this brand grows, we have an opportunity to reach out into some of these other um, uh, ancillary parts of of the fitness industry or parts of the health and wellness um, space and start to build real partnerships and relationships so that if you've got a physician that has somebody that walks into their office that um, is terribly unhealthy and needs to get their, 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 their physical being straightened out, that they're gonna, they're gonna refer them to a starting strength gym. Mm-hmm. So 
um, I just see how the, the the role that the opportunity and the role that we have to play uh, in this space is so far advanced and so far unique than any other just commercial gym uh, or anybody else operating in the the fitness industry. So, yeah, I think that's you know from a ten thousand foot view, I see tons of opportunities like that yeah. uh, uh, for us, and I see it on the micro level just with my gym. What do you see in terms of scale? Um, do you have any uh, any view as to how big you think this thing will get? Because we're we're still talking at a time where you're considering buying Phoenix yourself because no one's bought it yet, and it's one of those markets <laughs> yeah. where it's like remarkable to me. Um, if if this thing goes the way we think it's going to go, people will be kicking themselves. Um, so what what's your uh, what's your what's your take? Have you had time to assess? what you think the scale of this thing is? Well, yeah, I've been, I, I've been involved with the sales aspect of this long enough and have looked at enough markets now that have, that have come up. Uh, I see no reason why any Metro area in the United States shouldn't have a starting strength gym. Right. Uh, in it uh, over a million, over a million population. Yeah. And, and Boise's uh, uh 240,000. Um, and the whole metro area is 700,000. I think I, I think it's approaching. It's growing pretty quick. I think it's approaching 950. Well, it's the fastest growing market in the nation, Luke. I'll have you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as I've been told. This as was I've an inside told. joke from one of the events where three different franchise owners said their city was the fastest growing in the nation, including yeah. including Boise. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, people get really testy about that, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so... So, you know, I think that any major metro area with a million population, uh, for me, is a no-brainer. I, th yeah. I think a, a gym works there. Yep. And as we scale and as we grow, I think we're going to find that as, as, as this brand grows and there's more brand awareness behind what we do and there's more of a national spotlight behind what we're doing for people, that's going to open up some of these smaller uh, metro areas. Now, maybe that gym model looks a little different you know, than our large gym model that we're operating in Houston or Cincinnati or Chicago or Boston, right? But I think there's an offering there. But I think it's the it's the next stage in growth once we've saturated uh, fully these major, um, you know, million million plus metro areas. Yep. Uh, we just signed, you know, I think a great a great example of that is Birmingham. So we we just signed Birmingham, Alabama. Um, I think it's a metro area of about 1.1 million. Um, Brandon and Christy are great owners. They're, they're going to crush it. Um, and I think that just like the Boise market, we're going to show that even on these smaller tier, uh, metro areas, this gym model works and there's a huge demand for this. Yeah. Um, when, when we brought you on and your batch of franchise owners, we had just proven the model in the biggest metros in the country. And I was like, well, we'll see what happens with the next batch. All the, the math adds up. So this should work. And then you crushed it. And John Hahn crushed it in Memphis, and I'm just like, man, um, yeah. I think this thing, I think this thing doesn't need a Houston or, or, or Dallas. I know this thing doesn't need a Houston or a Dallas. So I guess the question is, how down market can we go in terms of of overall size and, and density, uh, which we'll find out. Yeah, I, yeah, it's a great question. I I think we're going to find out, um, but I'm I'm I would not be surprised if we see a starting strength gym or a starting strength gym. Uh, a scaled back version of a starting strength gym in a 500,000 uh, metro market in the near future. 
Let's make a let's make a business decision on the podcast if you're open to it. Don't feel pressure. If we don't have enough information, we can wait. Um, Luke and I have been going back and forth about whether or not we should invest in uh, in data. So we can we can we can take a snapshot of our of our customers at the gyms of our members at the gyms and understand their geographics where they live their demographics, their age, their income, their psychographics, how they think, you know, what their their habits, what their preferences are. We can we can create a a persona, an archetype. And then we can um map every city in the country that we might consider, even some cities that we wouldn't. And then we can uh we can see a, a graphical representation of the density of these types of people in all of the places where we want to go, um, which is pretty amazing and, and creepy, uh, but but uh, powerful. The guy that we're working with is the same guy that I worked with at BlackBerry. And just to show you how great this guy is, BlackBerry used to kill every product launch. New device came out, you could sign me up for a gigantic shipment, let's say, whatever. A major product launch would be a million plus units for Southeast Asia. Uh, we were launching the BlackBerry Playbook, which was a tablet, and um, corporate was pushing me to buy a lot because I had the biggest market in the world in Indonesia. And I was like, well, let me ask Garrick. Garrick's our data and insights guy. So I said, Garrick, what do Indonesians think about the, the playbook? Went out and did a study, um, quantitative analysis, qualitative analysis came back. He said, Indonesians by and large think this looks like a digital picture frame and their purchase intent is very low, I think, uh, I think the chances of being successful here are very low. So I changed my order down to 40,000 units from who knows, they wanted me to take some ungodly amount. The problem is if I took the ungodly amount and it tied up all of my partner's cash because I had distributors I was working, working with in Indonesia, then they would have had stale inventory. They would not have been able to buy the stuff that we actually need to sell to stay alive, to stay in business and it would have crashed the entire market. So I told corporate we're only buying 40,000 and they were fucking pissed. And I put my foot <laughs> down and I said, this is the data, unless you've got better data, um, this is what we're doing. Lo and behold, this thing launched, it was a catastrophic failure globally, catastrophic. Um, and the 40,000 units we bought in Indonesia was just a, on the high side of right. It was a little bit on the high side of right. Um, so this guy, Garrick, has since gone on to start his own insights company. He still lives in Singapore. Um, he talks a mile a minute, has a thick accent, but he's brilliant. Um, and uh, he is the one who we've been talking with on email about whether or not he can lead this for us. And it might cost us between, it's probably, man, it's probably gonna cost us $50,000 to do this, um, mm. which is a significant, I mean, it's like 25% of our cash on hand if we're being totally transparent, right? Um, so it's a huge it's a huge commitment, but the upside is so high because it gives us so much more precision. Right now we have a, a model that works and it and it, it works reliably, but this just makes things so much more precise and then also really maps out what a market's potential is. And by the way, this is all Jen's idea. Funnily enough, she doesn't have a background in this stuff, but she she thought to to think like, hey, is there um is there a way we could quantify what we're doing as an engineer would? Um so since then, we've been playing with these different vendors, talking to Garrick. You and I haven't had a chance to talk about this since our meeting uh, or since our email thread. 
Um, just curious what you want to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in it. I think we're, we're working on trying to get a call set up to get all of us together. I data driven decisions. Um, I'm, I'm certainly a huge fan of that. And the, you know, provided that the, the solution is going to work out and it's going to do two things for us. I think one, will it help us uh, better analyze and pinpoint exactly where our members need these gyms in a certain market? So, you know, when I go to build a second gym in Cincinnati, where do my, I know we have people out there that need it, right? Where do they need us to put it in order for it to work best for them, hmm. for where, where we can help the most people? So I think being able to provide that for our uh, current and future owners, there's a tremendous value if we can get that right. Yep. Um, we've done pretty good with that so far. Right, we've done pretty good with that so far, but there's still, without that data, there's a little bit of guesswork, and uh, and there's a little bit of um, uh, gut feel, right, behind where where the gym needs to go. But then the other, yeah, is the ability to go into a market that maybe is not the first, uh, maybe it's not in the top twenty or top thirty remaining markets that we would be focused on, but will it work? You know, we get inquiries on a lot of small markets. Yep. Um, and, and right now it's very difficult for us to tell an owner, um, with confidence that, that, yeah, we think a gym can work here and here's the data here, you know, here's what we're looking at to, to be able to make an informed decision on that. So, um, you know, I think if we can get on a call with these guys and we can start getting more data to make better decisions. Uh, I'm always a huge fan of that. Yep. Yeah. I've, I've been curious, will a gym work in Spokane, Washington, or, or not even Spokane, let's say Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Right. Um, yep. I've had, uh, I've had a couple people ask me if, if a gym would work in Coeur d'Alene, I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And it would be great to say, well, based on the density of this target demographic that we have evidence comes to our gym, um, yep. it looks like it's pretty low risk. That would be a lot better than just being like, you know, if you feel like it's going to work, roll the dice, we'll see what happens, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So Luke, we're an hour in, um, we can go as long as you want. I, I have a bunch of stuff I want to ask you, but maybe we'll, we'll save it for a, another episode. You'll be here in town in February, so we could always talk then. This may not come out till February, by the way. Um, but while we're talking now, was there anything else you wanted to talk about or mention or anything at all? Uh, no, I just, you know, the, the, the really amazing thing about being in this role and working with this team um, and, and the decisions, you know, the opportunity to do this is, just like you said, I'm also an owner. And so I think there's a really, um, there's an enormously beneficial aspect to this franchise team when it sits down to make decisions and decisions that affect owners, that we have a lot of people at the table talking about this that are owners themselves. So there's, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of respect uh, and admiration I think, uh, from the rest of the ownership group on the fact that we, we take that very seriously. I've had a lot of owners themselves tell me that, yep. you know, that this is a, this is a franchise team that, um, you know, doesn't make decisions lightly that affect this network. Yep. And once, once people on this team that are going to be directly impacted by the decisions that are made. So, you know, I, I think that's one of the cooler aspects of, of, of getting the opportunity to move into this role is that that was an important aspect uh, of, of the decision process for you, you know, wanted to be somebody that owned a gym Absolutely. and wants to build more. And you own um, one gym so far and you're going to own a bunch more. 
Um, mm -hmm. Every single person on the leadership team owns at least part of a gym. Um, so we're all invested in that way. Uh, yeah, man. So let's see. Should we leave it at that? Yeah. Sounds, sounds good to me, man. <laughs> all right, Luke. Thanks for the time. Um, it's going to be fun to watch this unfold. We're kind of doing something unique here with this podcast, aren't we? We're, um, you know, once the business was established, we kept kind of quiet until the thing was actually more than an idea. But now the business is kind of established. We're, uh, we're just kind of sharing the story as we go. And we're being open about our thinking. And we're telling you where we're at at each stage and what we think is going to happen next and how things are going. And I'm enjoying it. And it uh, seems like the community's liking the, the content. So we'll keep at it. And if you have any questions for Luke, um, let us know. Luke, where should people contact you if they want to get in touch directly? Yeah. So any, any inquiry, if you're looking to own a gym or want to learn more about gym ownership, uh, any inquiry that you would submit through the starting Frank Jim's website, uh, is going to come directly to me. So I'm going to be the, you know, the first person that you're going to speak with. Um, and I love those calls. I love learning about people that, uh, want to open these gyms and, and what drew them to starting strength. So, you know, by all means, I'd love to talk with you. Uh, you can reach me, uh, also directly via email. If you want to uh, email me at lschroeder at startingstrengthgyms.com uh, for any inquiries, if it's about gym ownership, if it's about a, you know, starting strength Cincinnati or um, anything else that I can actually help you with, uh, happy to do so. So look forward to hearing from you. Luke, I'm a fan. Thank you, man. It's fun talking to you and we'll do it again in person when you're here in February. Awesome, man. I'll bring my Lebowski sweater. <laughs> please do. So. You won't be welcomed in otherwise. <laughs> awesome, man. Marie, Thank please you, end this podcast with a picture of Luke in his Lebowski sweater, which, by the way, Luke, you, we're supposed to end this thing, but you know that you're at the coolest company um, on earth when your welcome gift is a Lebowski sweater. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Dude, that, I mean... Yeah, what more? Uh, there, there didn't need any more evidence to know I had made the right decision when that thing showed up in the mail. So, <laughs> hell yeah. All right, Luke. Thanks, man. Awesome. See yeah, you. thanks, man.